private practice playbook. Playbook. It's a private practice playbook. Playbook. All right. Welcome. So again, just a reminder, this is for doctors and we are visiting the topics that will make the office more productive. So what I want to talk about is we use a system where you think about quarters, right? So we teach our clients at the highest level to manage their practice based on quarters. And so October starts the fourth quarter, October, November, December. And I want to talk a little bit about this. And as a matter of fact, there were some great examples just in my office the other day. And there was a great TV show called The Office. And if you've watched it, you understand it. If you haven't, you should. And it's the greatest show ever done on how office environments become about everything but productivity. And the main character, Michael Scott, is the biggest clown about non-productivity ever to walk the face of the earth. So he does everything the opposite of the way you're supposed to do it, from running a meeting productive to keeping conversations on track, so on and so forth. So if you think about what you need to be doing, right? We know you need to be managing your people in a way that makes them more productive. And again, we have broken this down and we use the term human capital. So typically what you guys are trying to master at your level is human capital, which is dealing with the people. Then you have to have the appropriate space and equipment. And then if once you have those things, then you can do some marketing. So we jump back into human capital. And if you think about this, what's funny about human capital is that the message every month is the reminder to you that you have to keep centering your attention on human capital. So I'm telling you right now, you must keep your attention on human capital. And as a matter of fact, you have to understand the unintended consequences of what is going on around you. So I'm going to give you some examples. And the highest payback activity is the things I'm going to talk about. And if we think of Michael Scott and the show The Office as the worst possible scenario, you know, I'm not sure if we went to, you know, try to think of like a modern day show where somebody was just completely out of hand. I think there was a, a movie called The Devil Wears Prada, which was about a, a famous, I think the editor of Vogue magazine or something. And she has this great scene in the movie where she, you know, has these assistants come through and, you know, she always throws her coat at the assistants. And you know, it's, she's very like on point with everything, but she's just so mean that, you know, nobody likes her. She's productive, but mean. And then Michael Scott is all about everything but productivity. Now, what I'm trying to get you to think about is if we were doing a show about you, 
where would that TV show lie? And so if you're leading a team and you think that there's not a show about you, you're dead wrong. So some of us will take a position where we just simply bury our head in the sand and act like things didn't happen. You know, that's kind of the Homer Simpson version of running your business. So the question is, where do you lie in all this and how intentional is your game plan? So I want to talk particularly about things that occur in the fourth quarter. And I'll share a little bit about what we're doing right now and what I'm doing with clients and what we're thinking about. And what we're thinking about is that we're in the last quarter of the year and this tends to be a wonderful time to do business. Hear me loud and clear. People are back from their summer vacations. There's a lovely window here, okay? I mean, people need to get things done. They wanna get things done by the end of the year. If you're in an insurance-driven business, many times they have met their deductibles. So therefore, uh, people look and say, well, if I'm going to get something done, I'm going to get it done now because I've already met my deductible. If they have health savings accounts, see, this is a great time. So every single doctor I know should have some type of marketing campaign lined up, directed at this issue. So you should have something talking about the fact that if a service wasn't rendered, right, you're basically reminding them of this. So in our business, as an example, many clients tend to stockpile money. And if they've stockpiled the money and they didn't take it out in November and December, if they take the money out, they have to pay income tax on the money by April 15th. So in our business every year, in December, I educate clients and say, listen, if you have $25,000 sitting in your account, on December 31st, you're gonna have to pay tax on that money or you could reinvest it right now and not pay tax and lever it into a larger amount of money. And I'll tell you, very few people understand that technique. It's actually a fantastic technique of lessening your taxes and pushing the tax burden down and getting a higher return. But I will tell you that Every year, I educate hundreds and hundreds of people on that. So some of you, you know, you need to be educated on that. So the equivalent of that for you is that it's possible that your patient, first of all, your team, I have to educate my team on it because they don't fully understand it. And I have to do it every single year because they don't own businesses. So I'm the one who understands the way the business owner thinks, so I gotta teach my team, and then I gotta get my team to teach my clients. And so you have to teach your team and then get them to teach your patients. So do you have some kind of a communication program that is reminding people that, and again, even in the verbiage in case presentation, are we reminding them that if they've met deductibles or something of that nature, that it is now a preferred time to get that service done? The other thing that we have coming up that I want to talk about, and I believe this is, you know, if you get this alone, it is a tremendous thing for you to do. So November and December 
possesses two of the greatest all-time competitors to your business, you know, growing and collecting money, and that is Thanksgiving and Christmas. And again, it might be the Jewish holiday, depending on where you are, it could be something else, but it's this holiday season. And, you know, for many years, uh, one of my mentors, he was, uh, he was brilliant at this. You know, he taught me, he said, listen, remember, my job was to keep the team focused on what's most important. I'm telling you right now, if you don't do what I'm saying, they're going to do the opposite. And you may not even know. It may happen right under your nose and you don't even know. So I'll give you an example. This past week, I had an all-company meeting. And we publish a quarterly publication called the SI Way, which is the Scheduling Institute's internal news and celebration magazine that I send directly to their homes so it can be laying around. And we highlight what we did the last quarter and we talk about what's going on. And I had just given this lecture to my management team about what we're about to talk about. And I said, I'm going to remind you going into the quarter that you have got to sit down with your people. You have got to come up with a plan to not turn the entire month of November into a big, huge Thanksgiving turkey bowl. So there's a great expression, a week off is followed by an off week. Many, many people, they like to, so we close down for two days. So we're closed for two days for Thanksgiving. You know, we, everyone gets paid. And so, but the day before Thanksgiving, we do not need to be in the Thanksgiving business. We need to be in the business we're in. And the Monday after Thanksgiving, we need to be completely out of the Thanksgiving business and be in the business we're in. And what happens when you let it happen is the culture of your organization will begin to extend holidays and a holiday that's supposed to be two days turns into a week. And if you're running a business that in every business, you should try to collect money, right? For what services you provide. If you lose a week of productivity, it's pretty substantial to the bottom line. It's just not smart business. Our clients don't want to call and talk about Thanksgiving. If they want to call that day, they want to talk about how to grow their business or whatever. But what I'm telling you is this, is you need to intercede and you need to design things that keep Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah in the appropriate place. Make sure people understand when the office is open, when the office is closed, and learn how not to be in that business for a month. And listen, I learned this from a very, very smart guy, and I totally agree with this. And I get your situation maybe a little different than mine, but I'm trying to get you to understand this thing is way more visible than you think. And what you have to do, and so for instance, there's a wonderful technique I learned many, many years ago about how you deal with the holidays. 
and it's how you deal with taking time off. So for instance, think about this. If you have a hard time taking time off, it's probably rooted somehow in your misunderstanding of this. So what you do is you plan something. You plan a, an event, a promotion, you have a goal or a contest, and you get people wanting to take advantage of every day, and it minimizes the holiday. And then you just say, hey, look, let's just keep the conversation on point. And then when they come back from vacation, you get right back to work. And I'm telling you the most important thing for you to learn about the fourth quarter is to understand how these holidays distract people and we got to turn it into an opportunity. So when I started out having this conversation, see, I, I know this, that, so for instance, uh, if you've ever talked to the place, you know, if you go to like a salon or a place where you get your haircut, I've learned over the years, so for instance, that they have busy times, right? And so one of their busy times is around the holidays because people are getting together, they want to look good. If you think about it, your business, you know, a lot of people at Thanksgiving, they get together with family, at Christmas, they get together with family. So the truth is, a lot of your businesses are driven around being in a position to get people in before the holidays. And what you don't want to start doing is, you know, your team's planning on leaving early every day and acting like, oh, business should be down because it's a holiday. The truth is it should be up because you're intentional about it. And what we need to do, so I love a contest. I love something keeping you busy before. I like when you get back, there's something to keep you busy, you know, regarding. Um, end of the year thing where if you hit a goal, everybody gets a gift card. So now I've parlayed it into maybe, hey, you know, if we stay focused and hit our goal, which is there's nothing wrong with that, that, you know, you get a gift card that will help you buy your Christmas presents. See, I like channeling it towards something productive. You know, we do a Christmas party every year, and I noticed if we moved the Christmas party back, like one year we did it on the 15th, and I just felt this vibe like they were all checking out for the year, and I was like, what are we doing? So we'll, in December, we have our Christmas party, so we do it on a Saturday night, December 4th, I think is what it is, or 5th, I don't have a calendar in front of me, and... Then the next Monday, we have an all-company meeting. Now, I'm going to tell you that is completely by design. I want them to have a great time at the party, but I will tell you that our year does not end at a Christmas party on December 4th or 5th. It ends December 31st, and a twelfth of the year is still left. So I have them come. We do our all-team meeting. You know, they have Sunday off, come to the all-team meeting. And we are back in the business of talking about what needs to happen in December. And I have to counter all the distractions of life. And please don't misunderstand this. This is not about being a Scrooge. As a matter of fact, it's just about learning what happens when you leave people's headspace available. 
And that's what's kind of funny about, you know, if you watch the show The Office, right? It's like somehow Michael always figured out a way to make a meeting horrible, right? And, you know, and sometimes it was always about celebrating someone's birthday or someone's aunt this or that, and it can get out of hand. And so this is the time of year where as a leader, I am asking you to design and be intentional about things to engage the team. And when you engage them, that displaces their desire to distract themselves with sort of premature celebration of holidays. And I'm telling you, you know, they've actually done studies on this and it's, it's pretty bad. And hey, if nothing else, if you don't believe me, then, okay, if you did not get this message until this period is over, go back and think about what happened. And what you'll see is you'll see what happens when you're not intentional. So in other words, if for some reason you don't listen to this on time and you don't listen to it till January, go back and look at your November and December numbers and think about the things that happened. And you may, you know, hindsight, maybe, you know, you may have perfect vision about what occurred. I don't, I, I don't want that to be the case. I want you to kind of jump on this in advance. And as we approach every year to be ready for this, but this is literally one of my favorite conversations. And I'm always shocked at how few people really understand. And I'm telling you, I've had people that have heard this conversation from me for 10 years and they completely missed what they were really allowing people to do inside the office. So when you think about the fun stuff, right? And you gotta have fun stuff. So I'm sort of glancing through my magazine that goes out to my team members and we had a lake day and I took them all to my lake house, right? So, but again, the point is work right up to that day, have the day, get back to work. You gotta know how to work up to the exit and then to get back on purpose relatively quickly. And so the other thing that you wanna be thinking about for the month of December is you look at your meeting schedule and or if you have a marketing calendar and you wanna really weigh all this in. And so, you know, what a lot of people would do is they would say, well, let's not have a meeting in December. See, I would say, no, that's not true. Let's have a meeting early in December and let's get focused for the rest of the month. Let's have a meeting right after Thanksgiving because we have, we have a run, an opportunity to do some work. So the other thing you wanna think of, and maybe you could kind of think about so far this year, is the meeting rhythm for your particular team. So when we talk about the meeting rhythm for people who are doing the five-star certification program, we're talking about getting an audit call every month, checking in your results, and you have to constantly keep revisiting it, okay? I mean, and the minute you start getting slack, in the ratings, and again, at the highest level, your phone should just have a thing that says certified people only answer the telephone, and you should never denigrate that standard. Well, the thing that 
could cause a problem for you is if you have no meeting rhythm and then the holidays kind of penetrate the psychology of everybody, then it becomes this sort of, you know, then they're like, well, let's push that off to next year. So here's the truth about what happens. Right now, you need to be super intentional about finishing the year strong. That means you need to have patient-centered communication about why they should come in and the fact that your doors are open and you will squeeze them in. You can get their teeth cleaned before they take a Christmas vacation. You can get their kids in while they're on Christmas vacation, right? I mean, these are things that you got to think about. You want to be available when the patient wants something. And you want to, it's not control, it's feed your team focus, feed them focus. Because if you don't feed them focus, the default is going to be what's going on around you. And I'll tell you what, you know, that Turkey and Santa Claus, man, they got a way of really taking people's lives over. So, you know, when we move on to Santa Claus, I've always tried to, if I can, create an opportunity for people to make a little extra money. And I've never done Christmas bonuses, right? Because I never understood that. I was like, I mean, why do you get a bonus because it's Christmas, right? I mean, I kind of give people bonuses throughout the whole year. So like I do no Christmas bonuses and I'm not a Scrooge. I mean, I like Christmas as much as anybody else. But what I do do is I find ways for people to make more money by staying focused. So I literally just walked out of a meeting a few minutes ago where I created this particular thing that a particular group of people needs and I figured out a way to reward people for handling it from me. And it gives them a focus through the end of the year. And it's a win-win-win arrangement, but what I want them to think about is that they get rewarded for staying focused and that money can pay for all their Christmas stuff so they can be less worried about buying Christmas gifts or they can go do something fun on their time off. So see, there's a totally different way to look at it and you got to kind of be ahead of the game. So let me, let me go back and let me be very specific. So what we're talking about is we are in the category of human capital and I'm trying to get your head right about you realizing you hadn't done anything to cause them to focus on being more productive. And also you didn't calculate the fact that this time of year, there's a lot of distractions around. And so if you don't fill them with what to do, the world does and you end up with a low productivity culture. And what's crazy is then when a patient comes in, I mean, they're thinking about the turkey or they're thinking about Santa Claus or they're thinking about their tree and they're not patient centric. So, right, human capital. And you know, what's crazy too, you gotta remember is you go through the end of the year and then maybe you have some time off around Christmas and New Year's and then guess what? Oh crud, you're back to January. And I mean, if you actually think about what you have to do in the fourth quarter is you not only have to figure out how to have a great fourth quarter, but you better have a plan for the remainder of the year. So 
in December, I'm doing a two-day event, and I'm doing that event the first week of December. So, you know, talk to your folks if you have an interest in it. But if you're eligible to come, but I've designed two days and that entire two days is going to be about saying, wow, you know, it's December. So you're pretty much done with December, but how are you going to deal with January, February, March, which is the first quarter? And how are you going to front load things in there? And then how are you going to plan the next quarter, the next quarter so that you have a great year? And then carry that in next year. So the truth about what you should be thinking about right now is, okay, how am I using the holidays to create a heightened focus? See? And then, oh, by the way, when they come back in January, what do we have on the plate? Like, what are we excited about next year? And these are the things that are important to remember. And you know, you're not gonna, you know, if you turn on your favorite song and listen to some music, the song isn't gonna remind you of this, right? You know, you'll be, when you start, at a certain point during the year, my wife plays Christmas songs in her car, like for two weeks. And again, look, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to bring you value and say, hey, and, and if you've never thought about this, that's okay. But now you really need to have some energy toward it. So really right now, if you're doing what you should be doing, you should have plans for this quarter. And then you got to have a plan to get everybody back in the business after the first of the year. So I'll share, you know, again, if I go through my schedule, it looks something like this. I just had a team meeting. They come back in early December. We have a Christmas party early on the weekend. Then we have them come back together and immediately get them focused on how they're going to finish off the year. And then January 12th, 13th, and 14th, we come together for a company-wide retreat where we solidify all the plans for the year. And they're back off in the new year with a great start. And that's what goes on. And so that calendar is driven around that particular activity. The activity of having a channel to direct their behavior at the appropriate time. So when, you know, if you were to like come to one of my events and I was going to tell you about how to make next year your best year ever, it would be very much driven around the calendar that you function off of, right? So if you want to have your best new patient year ever as an example, right, I can promise you it would involve having the right people on the phones and then it would involve the correct marketing calendar, promotional calendar, you know, how we avoid distractions. So hopefully that gives you, you know, a little bit of insight kind of like into the where we are in the current moment. And depending on when you listen to this, obviously it's either going to be depressing or more meaningful to you. So what I want to talk about is I want to talk about this bridge of human capital and um, the monitor that's most important. So as you know, if you're in our program and, and if you're new, you don't necessarily believe this yet, but 
what you will learn is that again what happens is if you think about it if you know you have a business and what we do is we come in and we kind of clear the pathway for the person to get across the threshold of the door and what that is is kind of like that clogged artery right like if your heart is clogged up you know and stops beating you have a heart attack uh, or gets kind of jammed up well we try to monitor that jam and make sure that it's not there. So if anyone tries to get in, they can get in, there's no resistance and whatnot, and that dramatically affects productivity. Now, if you think about this, that's one piece, right? And the other piece of the human capital then starts to occur. So the minute we unclog that situation and we increase the amount of patients that sort of get in the back past the front desk, then we run into this capacity issue with doctor assistants, hygienists, techs or whatever. And then when they don't like the way things get scheduled or they want to go home, then it kicks back to the front desk. And before you know it, then the front desk is scheduling the last patient at four o'clock instead of six o'clock. And I want to remind you that what you want to be monitoring is you want to be monitoring, okay, when is our last patient on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday? Because if you are not controlling that, it's getting earlier and earlier and earlier. And all of a sudden they start offering, you know, you call up and what you find out is, well, we take our last patient. I've done this hundreds of times. Client tells me, no, no, that's not going on in my office. I pick up the phone and the next thing you know, she's like, well, we can see you at 10 o'clock or three. I said, I'd like to come in later. She goes, no, we don't have anything. And what you didn't know is that the humans were starting to make their own set of rules, okay? Curious to find out if your team has already checked out for the holidays? Request a live patient experience audit of your practice, one that will possibly expose the hard truth about the experience your patients have when they call your office. It's not the experience you assume they're having, not the experience your team members tell you about. We will show you a real-time example of what happens when a patient tries to book an appointment at your practice. I guarantee it's not what you think, and we'll prove it. Request your patient experience audit today at auditmypractice.com. And so what I want you thinking about is our program will force the realization that other areas will have a kickback to this and you have to learn how to recognize and manage it. And, you know, I recently did an event where I had clients in and I was doing one of our Gold Plus marketing workshops. And so we have this product called Gold Plus. I invented it. I really love it. Here's the concept. And for those of you that did it over the years, you'll, you'll remember this. Number one, we come in, we get four to five star certified people and we remove the blockage. Then we come in and we teach the doctor the human capital, space and equipment and marketing correlation so that they understand that you really don't need to market until you get your humans right. And marketing is really not that complicated. And then we come in and we do the new patient program training. And that training is about the new patient experience training, which is about making the patient refer someone else when they walk in. And so I love this program because it has like, it's got 
all the things you have to do in a period of time. And it doesn't mean that you've perfected them by any means. So I'm sure for those of you that are listening that were in our original Gold Plus program, you know, you're sitting here going, man, I've gone back to that technique so many times. And that's true. It's not like you, you do it and then you're done. You actually can go back to that, that, that those three tricks over and over and over again. And we throw in a mystery shopper in there where somebody comes in and shops you as a patient. And then you were, you know, it was kind of revealed how bad the patient experience was. So when, what I want you thinking about right now is what can you do to make sure you understand the human capital aspect of the program in a way that you keep going to the well on that and that you don't just think it was something temporary. So, okay, so call, ask for a hygiene appointment. And if you're three weeks out for hygiene, mm, that, that human capital situation is going to cause a problem. Capacity is what your team thinks they can do. It's not what you think you can do. It's what your team thinks you can do. So when I'm working with the client and I'm trying to figure out, do they have capacity for more new patients? I go interview the team. And one of the great tricks that you want to remember is incentives and contests are a way of tricking the human capital into finding its new limits. So for instance, we have this one technique that we've probably taught a lot of you and we call it the check exercise. And so for instance, if you haven't done a check exercise in a while, check exercise is a great activity. So let's say you say, okay, let's look at what we did last December and I'm just gonna make up random numbers. Let's say this office and I'm just, you know, had 25 new patients and they collected $100,000 last December. Well, what you decide is you say, well, what do I want? Do I want more new patients? So you say, okay, well, you know, we're, we're tracking at 30 a month. So you say, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to 40 a month. And if I have five people and I say, okay, if we get 40 in the month of December, as a matter of fact, there's five team members. So everyone's going to get a $200 check and I'm going to write you the check and you can hold it. And if you hit 40 new patients by December 31st or whatever, you can deposit the check. Otherwise you can give me the check back. I mean, it's just a trick. And the magic of it is actually letting them hold the check until they get the number. No one's going to go deposit it, but that is an example. And then all of a sudden what happens is the person gets 45 new patients. Well, the value of paying the incentive, right, is twofold. Number one, it gets the team away from Christmas and the holidays, and it has everybody come together in a way they never have. But what you're doing is you're learning that there's actually greater capacity. In other words, when they want to, they can make the new patients go up. And every once in a while, you do the check exercise and you learn that, wow, you know what? Team can't move the needle. We got to go to something else. But I want to just bring it to your attention today and get you thinking about the fact that every time I think about raising productivity, it involves human capital. I mean, if it's 
how to motivate them, if it's how and what they're doing with their time, if it's changing the words that they say, if it's changing the order of the words they say. And I'll tell you, like we're just finishing this great series that we call, it's our university. And I created most of the content with my team on this and made sure that it was the content that was the most impactful and the most important thing. And I'm telling you, the main strategy was human capital. So we brought in associate doctors. We taught them the words to say. We reframed things for them. We didn't do much else. We didn't have to change their pay. We just needed to get them to capitalize on the pay plans they already have. But it was about working and thinking about how humans perform differently. And I'm just, you know, I think so often we kind of, I see clients who think, well, you know, my problem is something else. No, your problem is that you don't believe the humans can do more. So much so that you don't engineer creative ways of inspiring them to want to do more. And so when we think about this, you know, and remember ours, right? Mine is, it's about the people, performance, philosophy, and commitment right? And that is that people have unused God-given capability and talents, and I have to help them discover it. So what I want you to do is I want you to change your thinking. I want you to think about your team and you know what? Maybe you're a coordinator or you're the doctor who's in charge of this. And, and I'm telling you that if you start thinking about every one of your team members and thinking, hey, they have unused God-given capability, then what you're going to do is you're going to say, well, when I interact with them, what do I need to do? And you're going to go, oh, I know. I need to bring that capability out of them. So if we come in, you know, like if you've never done a training, right? You, you know this if you've had us in do a training. The training is where we come in and we harvest that capability. So I was thinking a lot about when and how you should market and I just wanted to reiterate to you that the marketing is what you do once we've really been effective with the human capital and the people. And so sometimes you don't really have to market. So in most offices, the single greatest source of referrals is patient referrals. And that is where they spend the least amount of money. So we can redirect that, right? So when you think about how I should market, like let me give you some examples of things that I think might be helpful to you. And, and I'll, I'll keep it fairly basic, but I, because I'm saying go to your people first, okay? So let's say you've done that and you say, now, Jay, I want to add marketing. That's the correct order. So I never tell anyone to market if they don't have their people lined up. So let's say you say you want to go market. Now, what's so fascinating about the marketing is it's really just telling people where you are, who you are, and what you do. 
And the great news for you is a large percentage of the population utilizes your service. So many times you can literally just buy a, you know, have a building with a sign and people will walk in. So what I want you thinking about is this, is number one, knowing your call ratings are good. And if your call ratings are bad, don't go do a bunch of marketing, concentrate on your call ratings, concentrate on incentivizing your team to get a better rating, making it a priority, right? Paying out, you know, it's not about raising your baseline, it's about keeping your baseline, okay? Then what you wanna do is you wanna make sure that you have a strategy. And so as I was teaching the marketing workshop the other day, you know, there was a slide missing and they're my favorite slides about marketing. But what's so interesting is they're actually about the headspace of the doctor. And it's this, is you are either gonna be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond. And as the owner doctor, you are the person who must get this strategy straight. And so it's so, you know, person comes in, they're in a small town and they say, well, we don't have a lot of patients. And I go, well, hey, hang on a second. Let me show you something. This guy gets 200 new patients a month. He's in a town your same size. Well, you know why that is? Because I got that doctor to accept the fact they're a big fish in a small town. One of the easiest things to do is to be a big fish in a small town. But the hardest thing to do is to be comfortable being a big fish in a small town. So some of you could be a big fish in a small town and you're hiding. And, you know, I love that expression. One of my old mentors used to say is like letting the light shine on you and, you know, running an advertisement, putting up a billboard, doing direct mail. All of those are things you would do. So relative back to human capital, if you were a, in a small town, you could be a big fish when you choose to be. And that's the trigger that has to go off. Now, when you go to the opposite, which is someone sees like, you know, you think you're a small fish in a big pond, well, then you have to shrink the pond. And basically you end up doing, and you gotta become, you know, the big fish in a block. And that's always the strategy. So even when you think about, and I, and I just love those two slides because after watching clients for years, what I had to learn was, oh man, they don't want to go do marketing because the reason they don't want to go do marketing is because they have a headspace problem and they don't even really understand what strategy they're engineering. So the guy in a small town doesn't want to draw attention to himself. The person in the big pond thinks they're never going to get anyone's attention so they don't do anything either. So there's this process of starting inside and working on the way you think and then working on the people in your building. So if nothing else, I want you to really work on, are we a team? Are we really all rowing in the same direction? Do I have people in this building who really wanna grow this business? Am I gonna reward them when they help me, right? This is the human capital aspect of the business. And if you have bought a program from us and you're trying to, 
just get started on five-star certification or you've been with us a long time, that system is kind of the hub of this thing. And it, it disrupts a lot of things and it holds your business accountable, right? Do I have the clinical team unhappy about doing extra work, right? Do we have a growth mentality? Are we patient-centric? What is the wait time? But see, what's interesting is if you apply that human capital principle, it, it so many times is applicable to you. So do you believe there's a plan, right? Are you articulating that plan, right? Are you spreading it? See, I'm telling you to do the same thing I'm doing in my business at this time of year. And I'm telling you that my attention is on the headspace of my team members. And it is about, you know, this is what I'm concentrating on. So I'm not telling you something that we do, we, we do something different. And then when I come in and market, if the headspace is all right, mine, theirs, everybody's, then it works that much better. And so many people feel like it's just one or the other, or they'll spend time on the people and then they stop. And because what's funny, the minute you don't spend time on this, it reverts so quickly kind of back to the default position. It's way faster than you think. Then do you know the numbers? Do you know the numbers? You must go into next year. Listen, the only way to grow your business is to increase new customers, increase the number of times they visit, or increase your fees. I am begging you, get ready to do all three at the same time. So let's have a goal for next year. Let's be super intentional. Let's have that front desk team or your marketing team have a bigger vision and let's have them have a livelihood that's contingent upon it. And let's stay four or five star certified all year and clear out the arteries and pay attention to what's going on and let's increase the new patients. Then we gotta make sure that if, if a patient can come twice, some teams gotta make sure they come twice. If you go back and study the number of patients, like if you took a dental office and you said, well, how many patients came twice? You'd be shocked how many of them never make it in for the second visit. The amount of money that's left behind is insane. And then the third one is let's make sure your fees, if you haven't adjusted your fees, that you make an adjustment in your fees and that you offer some services or you package services that are higher dollar packages, okay? I mean, that's the only way to grow your business, quite frankly. Now, I tell you that because I'm trying to keep it simple and I'm trying to, you know, get a message to you that is like, where do you need to be right now? And I really feel like this is where you need to be. And, you know, for those of you that have been around me or you're at higher levels of coaching or whatever, you know, you guys can obviously see when you're looking at your calendar, right? We're approaching this through various strategies. And so, you know, for many of you, you're just getting on to this idea that, hey, we come in and spend the day with your team, their performance elevates. And so remember when we invented onsite trainings, right? We didn't, 
we thought that you could train them and it would stick. It's turned out that our clients would say, I want you to come in every quarter because every time we come in, I get a bump. And so for a lot of you, you're just getting that rhythm, you know? And then for some of you, if you're having eight trainings a year, we've been trying to help you understand, hey, you need to have your team be more intentional about actually holding them accountable for the things that, you know, we do. Now, a couple other things I'd remind you of from a marketing standpoint, like what I'll be doing next year is I'm a big believer in direct mail. And I'm pretty convinced that today, too many people are becoming, you know, reliant on email and, and email is now very populated and very terrible. And it just, it's time to move away from it, right? I mean, I get so many emails every day and I'm sure you do too. I, they just, it's hard to give them the priority. But the one thing that I always do, and, you know, I was having this conversation with some of the day is I always get the mail and I like real paper and things and pictures. And so, you know, I am a big believer that if you're a doctor and if you would, and I know some of you are going to say, oh, Jay, that's so old school. Yes, it is. But the fact that you won't send a newsletter to your patients, I mean, I just find that fascinating right? So I send you something called the practice seven, eight, nine times a year. That's a newsletter. And if you look at that newsletter, what you're going to see is I send you pictures of people coming to events, pictures of success stories, pictures of your team. I mean, every month there's evidence of things going on. People in our training facilities, uh, stories about clients, ideas, that's a newsletter, right? And it's designed, right, to have you look at the pictures and think about it. But I can't possibly get that to come in an email. And so I, I would have you think a little bit about what is your strategy? I'll give you another one. So, you know, birthdays, right? What are you doing for your patients' birthdays? I mean, are you even mailing them a card, right? I mean, a nice card. Um, for many, many years, I do birthday cakes for my team. I added it for clients. So, and I, cause I wanted them to experience what that is like. So, but that's like mail, right? It's like the difference. I mean, imagine, you know, when you take something and you say, well, how many people acknowledge your birthday every year? See, that's an easy space for you guys to take have a great card, send it out to the patient, but in the mail, right? Okay, a newsletter. See, if you use a newsletter to educate a patient, it reminds them to refer to you. It tells them what they can come in for. I mean, I just think sometimes, you know, with, and, I, and I'm not trying to tell you that this is going to change your business forever, but sometimes we just like, you know, you, you're giving yourself too much credit. And I've been going through with clients recently and asking them these questions. I was like, well, how many times are you mailing to your patients? And the answer has been not good because what they're doing is they're falling into thinking that an email is as good as a mail piece and emails gotten, I don't know. I mean, in the last 10 years, right? Is it 10 times more emails, which means the effectiveness goes down. 
old school things, great signage, right? Do you have great signage? I mean, these are the kind of things that, you know, these are like uh, annuities, you know, that just go on forever. So your marketing doesn't have to be terribly complex, to be honest with you, but whatever it is, most people don't really market is what it comes down to. And the great news is most of the increase can come through human capital. And then if you don't get enough, then you got to add marketing to it. So, hey, get tuned into wherever we are in the year. Get tuned into being intentional and understand that you're the leader of your team or your organization and your team is a mirrored reflection of you. And holding people accountable, particularly for that certification system, is your job. I can't do it alone. We can certify them, we can rate them, we can give them the model, but it is your constant affirmation about them being certified and your recognition of the progress that they're making, despite that there's other problems in the practice, that keeps them on track. So this is a partnership. So have some fun with it. Get out there and do something different. Get that team engaged. I'll look forward to seeing you soon and have a fantastic day. Take care. Want to learn more about Scheduling Institute's five-star certification program and Gold Plus membership? Give our team a call today at 770-518-7575. If you've been thinking about investing in practice growth or have been curious about an in-office training, or are you simply ready to enroll your team in the industry's number one practice growth program, now is the time to do it. Invest in your practice growth before the end of the year to reduce your taxable income and start the new year off on the right foot with a plan in place to increase your new patients. Call us today at 770-518-7575.